As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Checking in on the Titans, Thursday Night Football, and that pesky Rams backfield on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Hello everyone, welcome to Fantasy Football in 15. It is Wednesday, October 7th. I am Michael Beller. I am joined by Derek Van Riper. DVR, how are you doing? Week 5 on the horizon. Doing pretty well. 4-0 in the fishbowl. Doing pretty well in my home league. Yeah, hanging hanging in there. Uh, Lots of fantasy success so far. I've dodged most of the major injuries. Um, Christian McCaffrey and Flex, that was a, a big one. But I got Mike Davis and... I picked up James Robinson before I needed him. So, so far, so good four weeks into the fantasy football season. Not bad at all. I think I'm having one of my best fantasy seasons ever. I have a ridiculous home league team, a ridiculous secondary home league team. You just beat me in uh, in the Scott Fishbowl. We were actually in the same league, and I think we put up the two high scores of the week. Unfortunately for me, yours was the high, and mine was the second high. But uh, still feeling good there. I'm 2-2, two and two, but I'm in 69th in points out of 1,400, whatever the exact number is this year. So, so feeling good for sure, and yes, I've been... Very lucky, knock on wood, with all these injuries. Somehow, I have avoided all those. Feels like walking between the raindrops, but I'm staying dry for the time being. We've got some news to hit on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15, so let's dive right in. First of all, let's start off with some very good, very welcome news. Tuesday was the second day in a row for no positive COVID tests for the Tennessee Titans, so if all goes well with the test results that they get returned on Wednesday morning, they will reopen the facility. The healthy players will be able to get back to practice, and that would be a great sign for their Week 5 meeting with the Buffalo Bills. One of those players who we hope is healthy, of course we hope they're all healthy with respect to COVID, another player who we hope is healthy not with respect to COVID is A.J. Brown. He, of course, missed the team's Week 2 and 3 games because of a bone bruise in his knee. Even before the team had this COVID issue, uh, they were aiming for a Week 5 return for A.J. Brown, and it sounds like they're optimistic he will be able to to practice, at least in some fashion, on Wednesday should the team get the thumbs up in the all-clear to reopen the facility. So let's spin this all the way forward to Sunday here. Derek, let's say the Titans are good. They play. A.J. Brown is good. He suits up. If he plays for the Titans, does he automatically play for you? 
There's a good chance he does. I mean, I think if you've picked up a receiver in the last couple of weeks who's getting steady targets, maybe you give it one week of wait and see. I've been surprised at how generous the Bills have been to opposing receivers so far. I don't necessarily expect that to continue going forward, so I think it's a tougher matchup uh, than the numbers would lead you to believe. So considering that Brown's coming off of a reasonably serious injury, I don't think he's a must-play, but I'm trying to play him if I don't have a great alternative. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think there's going to be some sort of wait-and-see approach for a lot of people in this one, just because it's a tough injury to return from, too. Uh, a bone bruise to the knee, right? It doesn't sound like the worst thing, but there's a reason why it kept him out for two weeks and you know probably would have been missing last week's game if the Titans played, too. So uh, I could see going wait-and-see here. And obviously, there's going to be some element of rust, or at least that concern with the Titans and you know what they went through last week. So yeah, you're still going to play Derrick Henry. You're probably going to treat Ryan Tannehill as you normally would. A.J. Brown is the one guy who could go either way. Johnny Smith, someone who you're probably going to play, assuming the Titans can play this week. A.J. Brown, I think, could go either way, but it's not because of the rust issue. It is because of the fact that that's just an ugly injury to come back from. So uh, we'll have to see if he can get in some practices. That's going to be the key. If he can get in one full practice by Friday, I think you probably feel pretty good about getting him in your lineup for Sunday. Let's look at this Thursday night game. It is the Buccaneers and the Bears getting together in Chicago. We have a ton of injuries on Tampa Bay's side. That's where I want to start this off, Derek. Uh, we got the official word that O.J. Howard does have a torn Achilles, so he is out for the season. Leonard Fournette has an ankle injury. He will be a game-time decision on it Thursday. Chris Godwin, not officially out, but He's out. He will not play. Uh, hopefully, he can return in week six. Mike Evans also dealing with an ankle injury. He did not practice on Tuesday. Scotty Miller, who has had a couple of big games in Chris Godwin's absence, he did not practice on Tuesday because of a hip and groin issue. I mean, look at this DVR. Godwin, Evans, Fournette, Howard, Miller. That is a lot of talent in this Tampa offense that uh, either will be out or could be at less than 100% if they end up suiting up. Where does that put you on Tom Brady? Definitely lowers the expectations a bit. Uh, this is not the Bears defense we're accustomed to. I feel like a broken record saying that as often as I do, but when you start to take away this much talent from this Bucks offense, you get down to legitimate second and third stringers. That does kind of make Brady a mid-pack quarterback this week when he may have been a top-10 guy if both Godwin and Evans were healthy. Uh, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of curious to see how much more will they target Rob Gronkowski if they're down at least one of their top two receivers and possibly both, especially with that Howard injury. I think Gronk's played at least 60 snaps each of the last two weeks, so he's been in the field a lot, even though the targets haven't been there. Is that going to change here in week five? Yeah, I think Brady's actually an easy sit if he is without, certainly without Mike Evans, and I think you can even make an argument that if Evans plays but Scotty Miller doesn't, that he's a sit uh, too. Uh, the Bears defense is not that same overall great Bears defense as a you know, point you've made a couple of times on this show, but it's mostly because you can get them on the ground. They've been very good through the air, the number five defense by pass DVOA uh, against the pass, according to Football Outsiders. So that's a defense that has tightened up against uh, quarterbacks and, and receivers so far this season. You can attack the Bears on the ground, and we've seen a few teams do that and do it successfully. So I would be very concerned about Tom Brady if he is without Godwin, which sounds like a guarantee, and Evans or Miller. And certainly if it's Godwin and Evans, then I would definitely 
be sitting Tom Brady. On the other side of this game, we have a very good run defense in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that was true about this team last year. Not a good team overall, but you could not really run against this team. They have carried that over into 2020. They are number two in rush defense DVOA, according to Football Outsiders. Really, no one has been able to run on them, and they have played some pretty good competition. Week one, they held Alvin Kamara to 16 yards on 12 carries. Week two, they held Christian McCaffrey to 59 yards on 18 carries. This is a legit stout run defense. I think you're probably, in most instances, playing David Montgomery. You would have to be pretty deep with your running back and flex options. But at the very least, you got to temper your expectations for him in week five. Yeah, I'm already worried that he's just not doing as much with the opportunity as he needs to to keep this job all season. With Lamar Miller being on the practice squad, to me, there's at least a more credible threat in the organization to possibly take over the role at some point. So I, I don't know if it's you know, week five and then Lamar Miller is a part of the plan or if it's going to take a bit longer than that. But I see David Montgomery is a guy that still isn't showing a lot of big playability. Uh, even with Cohen out, they didn't significantly alter his usage as a pass catcher out of the backfield. Uh, I mean, six targets is nice, but only three catches. I just, I'm not wowed by him at all. And this seems like a really tough matchup for him to do more than, you know, maybe find the end zone, right? It might be a, a tough yardage day, but if the Bears can at least put him in position to score, I think he's very TD dependent this week in particular. Yep, I, I agree with you there. I think you got to hope for a touchdown. And again, you would have to be pretty deep at running back or and or flex to really think about sitting him down. Uh, one guy who does sound like he's going to be able to return this week is Deontay Johnson. Of course, didn't miss last week technically because it turned into a bye for the Steelers, but he was in concussion protocol and was looking iffy before that game got postponed. He has been cleared from concussion protocol. So thumbs up, good news, full speed ahead for Deontay Johnson. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Someone who appears to be missing week five is Sam Darnold. He suffered a shoulder injury in the Jets' loss to the Broncos last week. That was way back on Thursday, but still looks like he will not be ready for week five. And so that means Joe Flacco will get his first start in a Jets uniform. Obviously, Derek, the only guy who we're really interested in with this Jets offense is Jamison Crowder. Le'Veon Bell, when he does return and he is eligible to return from IR this week, still no word as to if that's going to happen. But Jamison Crowder has been the one consistent guy in the Jets offense this season when he has been healthy. Double-digit targets in both games, he's been healthy. 100-yard games in both games, he's been healthy. As bad as that team is, Jamison Crowder is a reliable fantasy player. Does that hold true with Sam Darnold out and Joe Flacco in? 
I think it's a small step down, but not enough to where Crowder becomes unstartable or anything along those lines. I do wonder when I look at, at Crowder's efficiency this season, uh, how much he's been kind of lucky to this point. I mean, 9.5 yards per target would be a career high for him by a pretty big margin. I think 8.6 in 2016 was the last time he got close, and he hasn't been above 8 yards per target in any of the last three seasons. So, you know, it could be a lot worse. There are plenty of backups in the league with no experience who are complete unknowns who would come in and just completely crater an offense. Flacco shouldn't do that, and I think the lack of viable alternatives around Crowder in this passing game continues to keep that target floor pretty high, so still mostly startable. If I'm dropping him among receivers, we're only talking about a handful of spots in the rankings. Yeah, I think the point about Flacco being a reliable guy is well taken. And what else you like about that other than the fact that you would count on him to, you know, not make too many egregious mistakes or anything like that is that he is someone who absolutely is going to be able to step into this offense pretty quickly, get a handle of it in his first week with first team reps and understand where his bread is buttered, right? Joe Flacco is not going to suddenly try to, you know, make a, a thing out of one of the backup receivers with the Jets. He knows that this is my guy, Jamison Crowder, easily my best receiver, easily my best weapon. It's not going to be someone where he has had, you know, a rapport with a guy on the practice squad or a rapport with someone who is running with the second team offense in practice. Joe Flacco can pretty easily slide into that starter's gig and understand JC, that's the guy who I want to be targeting 10, 12, 15 times as we have seen from Sam Darnold this season. So I still feel pretty comfortable rolling Jamison Crowder out there the same way that I would with Sam Darnold under center. Uh, Sean McVay saying that Cam Akers is going to be able to make his return in week five from a rib injury. Derek, I know we're probably both sick about talking about this Rams backfield, but we have to. We have to because of the fact that, I mean, how many games have we seen a big smash game from one of the running backs? It's really been three of the four. Week one, it was Malcolm Brown. Week two and three, it was Daryl Henderson. And then week four, Sean McVay pulled the rug out from under us. But in each of those first three weeks, we saw a really productive fantasy game from a Rams running back. And that's what keeps us coming back like a siren song to this backfield is that it can be really lucrative if just one guy could handle the bulk of the touch. Now Cam Akers gets thrown back into the mix and just completely complicates what is an already complicated situation. Yeah, it was one that I avoided mostly back on draft day. There's a couple places like the Fishbowl where I've got Daryl Henderson because he was very cheap as a late flyer. But I get the sense that Akers will ultimately be the guy. Maybe it's similar to the Miles Sanders pattern in Philadelphia a year ago. How many weeks, though, are we going to go where it's a job that bounces back and forth between two of the three guys, or even all three before that happens. I think that's the biggest concern I have is that it might not be a smooth transition to Akers taking on the largest share of the workload. So if I can, I'm trying to sit Henderson. I'm trying to sit Brown. I'm trying to sit Akers just until we get a little more clarity. Uh, in a desperation scenario, yikes. I mean, I guess Akers getting a little more work than the others is something I can talk myself into, but... What reason do we have to believe there's any sort of true pattern here? I mean, it's just been complete yeah. madness so far. Yeah, I don't think there really is a reason to believe that. I think it is a true desperation thing. Even with, I mean, that feels crazy to be saying about Daryl Henderson, especially after the games he had in week two and week three. It just feels crazy that two weeks later we could be saying that you would have to be desperate to play him. But that's the situation we find ourselves in. With this Rams backfield, I totally believe that it can be a very productive backfield for the Rams in real life and a completely maddening backfield 
for us for the rest of the season. And right now, I really don't want to trust any of them unless I'm in a situation where I got a couple of running backs on by, I've got a couple of running backs injured, something like that. I still think you'll be happy to turn to especially Akers and Henderson once the bye weeks hit in a big way. And of course, we've got our first scheduled bye weeks of the season this week, the Packers and Lions taking a seat, the only two teams. We're going to have some four and 16 bye weeks coming up. And I think that when those bye weeks come around, you know, no matter what the backfield looks like, Henderson and Akers can be uh, reliable, playable guys. But outside of that, it's going to be hard to trust them until we get some sort of change from Sean McVay. And I don't believe that that is going to happen. What I do believe is going to happen, Derek, is that we are going to wrap up this episode of the Athletic, or excuse me, of Fantasy Football in 15 at the Athletic. If you are not an Athletic subscriber, good news, you can still get a subscription for $1 a month if you go to theathletic.com slash football in 15. For DVR, I am Michael Beller. Fantasy Football in 15 will be back with you tomorrow. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a great day.